Do you love to garden so much that you're willing to do anything to continue a harvest? Well, first of all, I know you love to garden because you're sitting here listening to the Backyard Gardens podcast. But are you willing to go out there and grab your little shovel and stick it in the ground and overwinter something so you can continue to harvest it or save it for next year? Well, that's what we're going to talk about right here on the Backyard Gardens podcast. To have a good harvest, one must plant good seeds and must also use the right kind of fertilizer. The carrots have grown large and firm. How good they will taste. Welcome to the Backyard Gardens podcast, where we talk about all things gardening and give the information out for you to be successful in your garden, whether it's your first or your last. We are your hosts, Ben, the backyard gardener, and Batavia, the front yard gardener. One in the country. One in the city. Now get ready as we dig deep into this wonderful world of gardening, as we learn to grow and grow for change. I declare thumb war. That's what we should do after we do the intro. I declare thumb war. Oh, I always lost it. Oh man. Yeah. I had the weakest thumbs. My reaction time isn't that great when it comes to (laughs) No. And now I play it with my son. He's like, you always beat me. And I'm like, son, my my thumbs are like four times bigger than yours. Of course I am. But are you ready to overwinter stuff? I am for the umpteenth year. I'm, I'm tired of talking about the W word personally. I think after this show, we should just start talking about the S word, spring only. <laughs> yeah, that's the S word I want to talk about. So I um, am officially claiming. So this is in advance of. Clearly, we're recording in advance of the day that it airs. But based on when this airs, my first frost date average would be tomorrow, the 29th, right? Mm-hmm. So this airs on the 28th, and I am already claiming a November first frost date. I'm claiming it. I know I shouldn't say it out loud, but it's been said. It's written. That's disgusting Come that along you would do me. that. You're going to be so heartbroken. No, no. No? It's going to make me happy until the moment it ha- it happens. So if it does come in October, I'll be happy right up until that point. Yeah. So let's let's focus on that. And you know what? I'm going to continuously be happy because all my plants are frost tolerant. Just saying. No, well, there's that. There's that. There is that. So um, we actually have two listener questions today. Yeah. One of them is super simple. We got a question that said, mm-hmm. hey, where are your t-shirts on your website? I can't find them. Well... Since you asked, I put them all on the website. It's kind of like a, a roundabout way because they are on spring.com. But if you go to our mm-hmm. website, there's a shirt section you can go through. And if you click on the shirt or whatever piece of, I guess we can call it garden swag, whatever that you like, it'll take you to that website. But it's on there at backyardgardenstv.com so you can see it. So there's that. And ding. <laughs> Leonard just got real happy. And mm-hmm. so the other question is, well, what is it, Batavia? Go ahead. Oh, I thought you were going to comment on the um, Backyard Gardens hoodies, which I am. They're in the back of my closet. So I'm pushing it off, pushing it off, pushing it off. So I'm not wearing mine just yet. Um, but get geared up for the winter. I didn't even think about the hoodies. Sorry. I don't like wearing well, them. Yeah, because you're like. You're in a tank top. Yeah. And I'm in, look, I'm in shorts, completely miscalculated, a t-shirt and like a kind of a house sweater that I normally wear. So um, still no socks, you know, guys and gals. All right. So we're ready to move on to the next question. Sure. 
Um, and I'm going to paraphrase because this is a question that I think we see often, but it was asked uh, more recently. Um, and it is, where do you get your seeds? And so this is oftentimes, and I'm, I'm going to make a leap here, it's oftentimes asked when one of us are showing parts of our garden, parts of our um, vegetable plants and such. And so my assumption is that there's a connection between what they're seeing and they're like, hey, I want that. Where are you getting the seeds that creates that? Did, did I frame that up? Right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's, yes, it's a classic thing that you get um it's this new it's a new social thing that's going on because of youtube where you have to see something and you're like i want to do what you're doing what is x y and z you're drawing what pen are you using you're using a camera what camera are you using like it matters Mm -hmm. i mean i just kind of answered it right there so yeah, well, I mean, I think that I'm going to remove the idea that there are some um, pretty shitty online resources to get seeds from. So that does exist. Um, it's kind of like, have you ever seen, um, maybe not so much, but there's like these memes that go around for wish.com where it's like, this is the outfit that you bought. And this is what, you know, you were looking to buy that was on their website. And this is what you got from wish. Yeah. Like you buy a you pair know, of boxers kind of, and you get a thong or something like that. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Exactly. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, there is that. But there's so many reputable um, places to buy seeds, whether it's local or whether it's online. Yes, young man. You just said it. Reputable. A reputable company. Well, I mean, I, I know the words that I said. I know, but that's really the answer to the question. Ultimately, <laughs> is, I mean, find a reputable company. But yeah. we've talked about this on the show before. And my sneaking suspicion is a lot of these places, the seeds all come from the same place. Yeah, that's that's the key. There's right? like so certain I, farms that produce the seeds and then they just outsource with some fancier than normal packaging for some that are misleading mm-hmm. and then some are not. And, you know, there's all these different aspects. But generally speaking, they just come from the same farm. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it's... um. And, and if I go back to the most recent version of this question, it was under um, a video where there wasn't anything that was like super unique. Right. Right. So there are some varieties that you kind of have to hunt for. They aren't at, you know, every big box store, home improvement store. They aren't at every, you know, online site, you know. And obviously there's a difference between your heirloom seeds that some people, some companies exclusively uh, provide and then other companies carry small supplies of them. It's not that. Like I'm looking at, you know, there's a bell pepper that I'm showing and you're like, where do you get your seeds from? Right. Um, and so, I mean, I, I do appreciate the idea of save me some trouble because that's a part of what we're we're doing for me specifically. I want to save you the pain if I can. But that's not where the pain comes from. Right. right. <laughs> you know, uh, I've done I mean, I've gotten some things like I ordered. Um, I think it's pronounced Corno de Toro. I'm probably butchering it. And I've I look back and I ordered the red variety of the pepper. It's a sweet pepper. And it took me until like August to realize well, sh- these are yellow, you know, because yeah. <laughs> like, it starts green and then it's like, so then I look around and like every place I have that pepper planted, they're yellow. I go back online and I actually see a couple of comments that said the same exact thing. Ordered red, got yellow. So, I mean, that's, but that's not what this person's asking. That's not what all the people before them have well, asked, right? 
Your opening was so when we discussed having this question, we didn't say we were going to go into this portion of it, but I well, when we discussed this, <laughs> when we discussed this, we just I was presenting this as an episode, and then you said, Well, you know, we could have that as a question of the yeah. day, and I said, Well, sure, and so here we are, 45 minutes into the episode, no, talking no, about no, 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 <laughs> people did not have a time loss scenario. Um, hashtag American Horror Stories if you're watching this season awesome but um, no so like for instance and this is all I'm going to say about this I bought Queen Lime Red Zinnias and they all came Mm. out um, dull muted pink every single Mm. one of them was super small flowers and it was misrepresented to me and this is from a very reputable a very well known company so Mm. um, you know you have to be very careful about what you get, but the, the real, I, and I think you hit on it just right. Some companies will sell a lot of like heirlooms and stuff like that. And so when you see one of our gardens, you might say, well, Hey, why I want a nine foot tall tomato. Like where'd you mm-hmm. get your seeds from? Well, it's not mm-hmm. where did I get my seed? It's what seed am I using? What variety? Come on somebody. Because if yeah. I grow my Roma tomatoes, they're going to get five feet and they're going to stop. If I grow my yellow mm-hmm. orange banana tomatoes, they're going to get nine feet and then they're going to keep climbing to the sky. And I think there's a little bit of confusion about that. So it's not where it's what seed. Yeah. And I'm going to add this comment and I'm going to phrase it in the way that you did as if this is the last thing we're going to say about that. I, I saw what you were for doing today, there. For today. <laughs> so there's the other thing that's underlined and we hit on this just a couple episodes ago. When you look at something in someone's garden and then you're inspired to grow or interested in growing that thing, or my favorite is you've grown that thing and had trouble with it. It's all about the growing condition. So it's not so much the gardener, right? But what happens when I had it in the back corner of my garden and that thing was supposed to get six feet tall, but it only got two feet tall because guess what? There's no light in that back corner of my garden. Right. And things will grow to the amount of light you give them. Now, Mm That's a whole series, which um, I about called you Kelly. So that shows our relationship, Batavia. So mm-hmm. that Batavia and I are talking about creating. And then the part that I said, like, this is all I'm going to say about it right here. And that's it. That's why we want to have a Patreon. So we can talk about these certain things mm-hmm. that need to be talked about. But we can't talk about them just yet because we got to fund all of this effort so if you yeah, feel so yeah. inclined like cheap plug you can become a patron to help that task because um this is something that i'm very passionate about and i respect the question that people are throwing out like where do you get your seeds where do you get your seeds but just remember like all of our gardens are going to be different everything's going to grow differently and sometimes mm-hmm. you get a bad seed you know yeah, now you yeah I will say sometimes you get a bad seed, but you should not get a whole pack of bad seeds. So there's that as well. And when you see that you've planted something and everything that you planted from that pack is coming out bad, you need to a look at what you're growing. So there's damn. All right. We're running out of time. You got to look at (laughs) what you're growing, where you're growing it, where it came from. And is it meant to be there? Those are the things you should look for because what can grow good for Batavia cannot grow good for me. Why are you shaking your I head? Can't, I can't believe that gosh, you're out here with a mic drop moment and within 10 minutes of the episode. Um, so that said, you can feel free to DM us 
and ask where we get seeds from. Don't, it's fine, right? Uh, my answer is normally these you know, home improvement stores and then a few different websites because that's where I get seeds from because the question often is asked in a very, very general way. So if you're curious, feel free to ask, but please take into account the last seven minutes of conversation. Yeah. Seven minutes are my lucky number. Don't go back eight minutes because there's no good information. No, you know, eight and you ago. said it right. If you go into some kind of store, like a home improvement store or something, you're going to get a reputable seed company that's, I mean, you know, mm-hmm. they're not going to sell generally some kind mm-hmm. of trash. I mean, dude, I've grown yeah. seeds that I've gotten out of the grocery store, like yeah. packets of seeds a, that it's, they're fine. A, a really big thing. I see it all the time. Dollar tree seeds. Yeah. Um, so while their prices are probably going up, you know, you could get in some places four packages of seeds for a dollar. Now this is the thing and damn it. I'm going to save it. And the only thing I'm going to say is how many seeds come in a packet. Yep. That's so, and the other thing about buying from Dollar Tree, Dollar General, Family Dollar, all those kind of discount places is more than likely they're old seed. So just keep that into account. That's why that stuff is there. And there was actually an article posted not too long ago, not even gardening related, but it was, it stated, don't get your medications from these, which are the companies I just said, because they're more than likely going to expire soon or they've already expired. So just be very aware of that. But um, on that note, we're going to stop right here because this is going to go in deep and we need to talk. I still have so much I to say, too. so I'm just going to I'm just going to bite my tongue. And, and hey, look, I messed look up. Away. I messed up. What can I say? I messed up. All right. I'm guilty. Don't you look at me like that, Leonard. You know that we need to talk about overwintering right here on the Backyard Gardens podcast. Hey, everybody. Thanks for checking out the Backyard Gardens podcast. If you like what we're doing and you want to continue to support the podcast, head over to our Patreon page to sign up. You can also make a one-time donation using PayPal. Both of these links are in the description. With your support, we can continue growing and helping others in their gardens. See ya. It was bullet time in podcasts. We definitely made it happen there. I was dodging. We dodged bullets <laughs> like you wouldn't believe. So, I mean, that's not even like, that's not even, uh, we couldn't cover off on that even in a mini so. Like, no. there's so much that there. That was a mini so. Yeah, right. There's so much there, there. And, um, but I'm glad that we were able to scratch the surface. How about yeah, that? We, oh, we definitely scratched. So, um, <laughs> overwintering. So, mm-hmm. in my mind, there's a couple things. Let me just, can I outline what overwintering is? You absolutely okay, can. Okay, so overwintering is when you're trying to keep a plant alive that would normally die in the cold. So it can be outside, inside, pulling it up, covering it, whatever. Okay. And mm-hmm. um, I don't want to say, I don't want to call it a trend but I'm seeing it more and more where people are digging up plants and bringing them inside to try and make them so they can get a head start for next year when they mm-hmm. put them back outside. Is that safe to say? I, I just, I, I feel like when you're interested in a red car, you just realize you see a lot of red I, you cars. Know what? So I'm not I'm, sure. I'm totally with yeah. you on that one. I just, you know, I keep my eyes open for the show mm-hmm. when I'm perusing social medias and stuff like that about what people are talking about. And that may be what they think I want to see and are putting... That's a whole nother conversation. Yeah. The tinfoil hat is not coming out right now. I swear, people. I'm trying to keep it at I, bay. 
I do get that question from passersby in the front yard garden. Um, it's a version of that is, oh, so what's going to happen at the end of the year? Um, what's going it's gonna to get cold? Uh, what, That's what's going to happen. Yeah, right. <laughs> what's going to happen? Or, or it, it may be plainly put, like, what's going to happen when it gets cold? Right? Do you have to plant this every year? Right? And so it's funny. And these are Chicagoans, right? So it's funny because while clearly we see things like trees that you know right. go dormant and then come back, so people get the concept of that. Um, but I think they ask it like you did all of this work and that's it? You just get one year out that's of it? All that's all you're going to get? You stupid. That's what they say. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's like, that's the body language that I read. Um, but I said that to say, like, um, I think the idea of making something last longer is absolutely a concept for non-gardeners and gardeners. Right. Right? Like, I've had people say, well, can't you just... That used to be one of my favorite sayings for work. Like, can't we just? And it's always a bad idea on the other end of that. Right. You know? um, I do want to, and and you take this and place it in this episode where you want. I'm going to place it but, right here at this exact moment. So remember how we talk about seasonal eating, which you and your family are really big on. And we talk, you know, throughout episodes around growing things in the time they're supposed to grow in. Is overwintering, is that just us just really pushing the envelope, trying to do something that really isn't meant to be? Well, Mm -hmm. so you're trying to pull it out of me early. This is my version of going off the reservation like yours was a few minutes ago with the question. You're forcing me to (laughs) say my beliefs now, and I was trying to save Mm -hmm. it, but... No, no, I said take that comment and then you can sprinkle it in. I'm sprinkling it in. Yes, it is. It is. And I think what it is, and I mean, I'm sure, look, this is just my opinion. It's an act mm-hmm. of desperation mm-hmm. because people don't want to see something go away. And most commonly, if we keep it into the, let's keep it to the food world for a few minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, peppers is a big one because like peppers like to grow in heat. And so like right now, my jalapenos are filled to the every year they don't really start kicking off until this time of year and i don't know why it's like the end of the season and then they just start boom 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 and i think it's just because it takes so long to get there that i think it's you know people really want to keep these things going and for obvious reasons i mean who doesn't want a fresh pepper in the middle of winter you know mm-hmm. and the shit mm-hmm. you get from yeah. the grocery store does not taste the same it just doesn't mm-hmm. or you have a different i yep. mean so when you go to the grocery store what can you get bell pepper jalapeno that's it you know what i mean i mean i didn't even grow a bell pepper i grew lipstick peppers i grew jimmy nordella peppers i had jalapenos i had i think i had a sir purple pepper not sure that's a super Mm -hmm. secret pepper i did so I did, um, yeah. well no no i had one of sir purple's peppers not these i believe i had sir purple so um which is a delicious delicious pepper um yeah Leonard's like, yeah, it burnt me up, but that's a different story. <laughs> but um, it's, you know, it's good. So we want to do that now. I'm going to go ahead and put it out here. I, I alluded to this last week because our listener question was this. I don't believe in overwintering peppers. I don't believe in it. I don't want to do it. I have no time for it because it steals the joy of me watching the plant grow from seed. 
I like to watch my peppers grow from seed and have that feeling of, yes, I grew it from nothing to this. And then the life cycle ended and it was done. It's not meant to be a perennial where I am. And that's just, that's how I am. I don't want the care for it in the wintertime either. I just don't want to take that effort. So that's me. So, um, that's okay. You don't have to agree with me. Yeah. No, I, I'm trying to figure out if it's really me just flat out disagreeing with you. So let me just say this. Um, I have for the first time of this year had the feeling of like sadness around peppers and less about tomatoes. And maybe it's because you've made me bash tomatoes <laughs> and my obsession with them for the last year and a half. And maybe it's that. Yeah, maybe I'm just moving on, so uh, but I have so many pepper flowers and buds and I'm looking at them and saying, you, you, you never stood a chance. Like, you yeah. know, it's not going to happen for you. Right. Um, and peppers oftentimes require so it's such I mean, it's less work than, let's say, insert a tomato. Right. Um, so, I mean, I get it for sure. Um, for me, I grow in containers quite a bit. And I really have no desire either. And, you know, I love houseplants. So one could argue I treat it like a houseplant. I really have no desire. This is the part where I agree with you in caring for a pepper plant. And maybe it's because and now I'm actually teetering on this. Maybe it's because I just don't believe it's going to produce fruit. And so if it's not going to produce fruit during the winter, then I'm not bringing it in inside of the house because while sure I'm going to get a head start next year, the reality is I can wait until my peppers start to produce next year. Yeah. And there's this little this little bitty thing of I love the idea of deciding the things I'm going to grow each year. See, that's the thing too is what if you want to grow a different you know variety and you save this diamond pepper for the whole winter and you're like you know what. I don't really want to grow it. Now you're stuck with this damn pepper that you feel like you're married to. Yeah. You know, and yeah. I just, you've made this commitment. Yeah, you've yeah. made a commitment and I'm, I'm very non-committal to what I'm growing. So there's that yeah. too. Now I do believe for people in milder climates that, you know, so maybe not even your zone, maybe a zone above you and higher, um, like maybe if it's the, you got to put them in the garage for a month and then pull them back out. You know, maybe I could get down with that. Yeah. Um, but the idea of overwintering them, bringing them inside for like two, three, four, five months even. Like that part just doesn't appeal to me. At this stage in my gardening life, I, you know, could be different in the future. Um, but yeah, I have too many things. I got a nurse already. You see me picking off leaves yeah. in the background. You know, just not. I like the idea also of being able to break in. This is the thing I'm caring for and I'm moving on to something different. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, I don't know. I mean, I I believe you can get them to produce. That's not an issue with me. Mm -hmm. All right. Sorry. I had a little situation arise. So everything, you know, when the peppers are producing, it's I don't think I'm going to get enough peppers to justify all the effort. Mm -hmm. How's that? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, my pause was, as I was talking about it, like, I love a good garden experiment. And if I didn't have the concern, because I'm bringing houseplants in like now. Right. Right. So it's not like I don't take advantage of taking some houseplants outside during the summer, crazy growth, and then bringing them back in. So that that is totally a thing. Right. Um, I wouldn't say that I'm overwintering the plants that really predominantly are inside. Um, but I brought that up because 
after one or two experiences of some icky bugs and crap, yeah. it's kind of like, it's not even worth it for me, you know? And so my house plants, I am a bit more careful of. And I feel like for me, I've lucked out and those house plants don't attract as much, um, as many nasty creatures as some of my pepper plants. But there is this small piece of me that's like, like only because I want to see if they're going to produce peppers. Um, but I don't, probably not right. going to do it this year. Yeah. Right. And so it's not just... It's a long way around to say, like, summer plants I ain't about. No. And it's not just about pepper plants either. I mean, that's what a lot of people are doing. But if you think about it, it's, you know, dahlias is another big one where people will pull the tubers out of the ground and bring them inside in order to protect them for the wintertime. I'm going to need you to step off. I know. I'm going to need you. I'm, I'm going to need you. So I hate all of that shit, but I'm absolutely doing it this year. This is the first year I planted tubers yeah. for dahlias. And yeah, add it to my list of overwintering. Yeah. I mean, and it's fine. And I don't have a problem with that. I just don't want to take the effort. Now, the only way that mm-hmm. I mean, so I'm, I'm blessed is for me, like if it got cold, I could put a thick layer of mulch on top of them and mm-hmm. they, they would do fine. Um, I've had a couple come back. They're planted in the wrong spot, so they don't bloom. But I do know that they're there. I need to move those. Mental mm-hmm. note. All right, it's done. <laughs> but, you know, that's something that people do. They pull stuff up and bring them inside for the winter. And it's a lot of effort that I'm not willing to go through for this stuff. So how do I combat it? I just plant the stuff that's for my zone. You know, just a quick note before we go on to the things that probably are really designed for this lemon, like uh, container lemon trees, container lime trees, like those kinds of things. I see a lot of people. Yeah. will bring them indoors in cold. But that's zones a little different like because you're not really getting like I feel like those are grown for looks. And then the side benefit is getting a lime. You know what I mean? Like you're not getting like a bountiful harvest off of them of limes, generally speaking. You know what I mean? No. Yeah, I hear you. I think though it's it, there's the there's something that's um, really cool about like going against the grain, yeah. like growing the thing that probably isn't. I think a lot of people feel this way, and sometimes I do too. Like, oh, this thing. Like, wait a minute, you're you're growing citrus, you know, in Chicago? Like, yeah, man, I got yeah. two limes this uh this season. No, I had a friend you who know? grew a key lime tree. And he would do that, bring it in. But he used, he got a lot of key limes off because they're super small. Mm-hmm. And you know, my theory behind super small vegetables is you get a whole lot of them. Mm. And he would, he grew it just for his gin and tonics. He drank a lot of gin and tonics. That's different. But he was able to get those off of them. But in the wintertime, guess what he didn't get? He didn't get any limes. Not a lime. Yeah. You know, so no, he didn't add lights or anything like that. It was just kind yeah. of by the window survival yeah. mode type situation. But it does fold into an investment. Yes. Right. You know, so a pepper plant is going to be less expensive than. And again, just using pepper plants as an example. I've never seen anyone try to overwinter eggplants, but that's another that could have gone dirty. So we're pulling that back there. You're not allowed to talk um, about eggplants so- or else we'll get banned <laughs> everywhere. So. Yeah, well, um, but lemon trees, lime trees, citrus trees, um, the size that you would put in a container and probably bring into your house, they're much pricier than a tomato plant or a pepper plant. So I get that. And those are some of those plants that really produce 
more in your second and third year as I understand right. it. So every time you, you know, plant it, get some from, you know, that season and then if you let it die, you're starting back over again next season. Right. So I kind of get that, yeah. you know. And I mean, there's methods like greenhouses, you know, you could obviously mm-hmm. go deep, go like a full-blown heated greenhouse. Mm-hmm. You can do um, you know, that's a little bit different because you're I would say you're not really overwintering at that point. You're climate controlling and you're going to be growing in that space, generally speaking, from like seed and then on maybe. So, I mean, it depends on how you run your greenhouse or whatever. But um, I'm going to dump it into the overwintering category because I can go for it. And then bringing Mm -hmm. pots inside, you know, container gardening inside, stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, my thing is it's, it's a lot of energy. It's a lot of energy to do that. It's a lot of excess care I feel like and that's just why I'm not a big fan of this you know bringing a live plant in and keeping it alive all winter um, you know and if God forbid you let's say you brought it in and then you got a damn disease or something and you're like managing mm. that all winter and then mm-hmm. you know the first thing you're going to want to do is like I got to get it in the ground because it'll it'll be okay once I get it in the ground yeah. and you could yeah. potentially make something worse so that's kind of an issue that we need to you know consider yeah, if I had like a um, like a four seasons room, is, is that what they're called? Like if I had some extension onto my home that, you know, got plenty of sun and that was more um, of a workshop, if you will, I probably would venture into that kind of thing. Like I am at the limit when it comes to the dirt and the water just in like my, my grow rooms, like where I start my, my seeds at. Like I don't want any more dirt and dust and and I don't want to have a, a fertilization uh regimen during the winter like I don't want any of that yeah. shit yeah no I, I I agree with that but you know everybody's different everybody wants something different so is it possible I would say yeah of course it's possible anything's possible I mean you have your your factors you need water light you know food and then you can grow mm-hmm. but it's just is it going to be worth it and I mean, so we've talked about dahlias and then what else would you overwinter? I think I cut you. Um, we're going to uh, say something. So the same. Well, I think it's the, um, the canna lilies. I actually did not dig the tubers up, which is recommended. It's a, you know, a flower. Um, I, ins- well, of course, you know, it's a flower. I'm sorry about that. <laughs> like, you know, canna lily is a flower. Um, and instead, I actually harvested the seed. And I was able to produce in the same space that I grew canna lilies last year, more canna lilies, which I was really pleased with. So that leads me to maybe I won't save the tubers, but that's another example of a tuber um, that you can save. A lot of your perennial flowers, flowers that are truly perennial, um, that may not be in your area. You can dig those up and, you know, put them aside to plant like in the spring or whatever. I feel like you would uh, never was- get a good growth out of it though if you continuously dug it up every year i mean every i did a lot of research for the dahlias and by research i mean i searched like a lot of internet websites um and i i mean there are people that swear by it year over year over year think about it in the same way that you dig up and um and separate like any like a regular lily right you know um because it multiplies right so i mean i think People do it and swear by it. I think, especially if you have a variety you really like, clearly it's a way to, to save some money, but then it's also this, you can actually get to that same plant again. Um, so, I mean, I, I guess the 
a reason why I was bringing up the canna lilies. It was more of the things that maybe people don't often uh, overwinter, the things that aren't as traditional, like what we're about to talk about. So I just wanted to point out a couple of other things. This is what I do want, though. All these things that we've bashed and said, never! We'd love to know if you guys are doing it and doing it successfully, yeah. right? So, or I should say, have done it. Yeah. That's I think I'm want to speak of past experience. Um, no one thing. We it, keep on saying we want your gardens in the winter. So I mean, this is a great yeah. example of. We'll see, and that's the other thing too. Is think about it this way: when it comes over wintering, it's not just digging stuff up. It's like I alluded before with dahlias here. Like it could just be putting a thick layer of mulch over it, mm-hmm. and then that will insulate it. Um, you know. So, and up north, it could be putting snow on top of it to insulate it, like a big pile of snow. I mean, it's a number of different things. So, and I I don't mind personally the mulch method. Like that doesn't bother me. The only problem I have with that is like you have to go and then you have to remove the mulch in the spring. And if you did that for a lot of places, one, it would be expensive to mulch everything. And then two, you've got to remove a lot of mulch. And then you got to put that mulch somewhere else. <clears throat> so th- oh good gosh the amount of piles of right things like that that i've had in my yard um so just a, a note of clarification which i think 30 minutes in and, and maybe obvious but just in case like i don't know anyone that's overwintering their entire garden you know so there's certain vegetables there's certain um, spots in their garden maybe that they're focused on overwintering um but not the entire thing well, now I, I know somebody who does do i know that person yeah 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 so they live in Florida and okay. they grow. Does that really count? Well, hold on, because they go through periods of a week or two where they have to cover their stuff every single night in order to keep it alive. You can argue that that would be considered overwintering. I was all set to say, well, I said I didn't know the person. And you're like, yeah, I know them. I'm like, God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> Um. Okay. You, you know right. what I mean. I mean, seriously, think yeah. about the effort to go out and cover your garden every night for a period of time. And I'm not talking about like, oh, we're gonna get one frost. It'll be. I mean, let's let's be real. Okay, it's like a week or two, maybe. But they do definitely cover. That's still a commitment. That's a commitment. Yeah. And then they pull it yeah. off every day. And there's mm-hmm. all that. And then the other thing is building like low tunnels and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So that's another kind of aspect behind this too that you have to think about is like building a low tunnel is also overwintering. It can be overwintering, mm-hmm. not necessarily, mm-hmm. but. Yeah, I wonder if, um, so I keep on going back to the definition I have on the interweb about overwintering. And I, I'm going to go ahead and give you that one. You and the gardener in Florida. Um, so I think that on one hand, um, well, clearly it's dedication. So I got two hands here on one hand. I wonder if that is good because it gets you back out into the garden, even if for a minute, even if it's to cover at night and then the next morning to uncover. Mm-hmm. Um, then on the other hand, I wonder if it's like, do you begrudge it? You know, I would get and to be so- grudge it after a couple of days of it. Yeah, but then if it's only two weeks, you know, I'd be sitting out late nights, early mornings, covering and uncovering mine if it was two weeks and then I'm back to normal. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I get that. Um, I find it interesting, though, the measures that various gardeners take in their gardens. It almost it makes me a little bit weepy. Uh, because, I mean, it, you talk about the dedication and the love that people have to have to do 
any of the things we're talking about. Well, we just yeah. posted on Backyard Gardens TV on Instagram um, a listener in Zone 3 and his greenhouse that he is building and working on in order to get greens up until Christmas. Um, and our discussions, and I hope to talk about this more in depth at a later date, but he was um, he can get negative 40 below like commonly so um just think about that dedication that that individual is putting in and the budget that he is going off of is not that bad thinking of you know what it would take to go through that like his budget that he set is not all that high for that extreme Mm -hmm. dedication and passion that he has for gardening go so cue the music leonard did you ever know that you're my hero? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know how, like, so you've been, you've lived in uh, Massachusetts, so you know how we can get in the winter. We get oh, all yeah. kind of edgy, and it's like someone that's in some warm or southern place that talks about, oh, it was cold, and we're like, you don't know cold. Yeah, I feel like. I feel like I'm that version of like the Southerner that's like, well, it was, you know, five degrees below zero. And our buddy in Canada is like, hold my beer, you know? Yeah, (laughs) no rush. So Uh, it's crazy. But I mean, you know, it's it's very, um, it, it speaks to the amount of passion that people have for gardening. Because I'm not the only person in the world that does it. You know what I mean? There's people all over that try and do stuff like that. So, and there's actually some really good YouTube channel. They, they only made like a handful of videos and then they got out of the game quick, but they made like really good quality videos and it was based up North in the lower zones. And, um, they had some really good information on there. So I can't remember the name of it. I would give it out, but I don't remember the name of it. So, so have you ever heard the story? I'm going to botch this about you know what happens after the first person runs a four minute mile you know how like it hadn't been recorded for decades and decades yeah. and then you have the first guy roger bannister i think is you know in the 50s and if someone knows that it was someone else before him you know forgive me um but he ran the first recorded four minute mile and then you fast forward and you hear I mean, you were talking about hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people that have since done it right everything from full-on you know professional athletes to high school kids so i bring this up you know so our buddy in canada and i assume that we haven't asked to say his name that's not. the reason why we're not saying his name okay so um no, mate isn't what we'd say for there. But anyway, so like I'm so interested because I'm rooting for his greens in December. But it's also that moment of give me a reason to believe that I can do the same. Right. Like the equivalent of this greenhouse in this four minute mile. I'm just like, wait a minute. Greens at Christmas, New Year's. Well, you see how I'm going to push this Valentine's yeah. Day greens. I don't know. Right. So, yeah. So I just, and it's actually cool. Um it gave me access to his weather station so I can look at the weather inside and outside. And I'm always curious about like northern latitudes, like how fast it because the other day I looked at it and I was like, oh, it's about the same as here. And now I'm looking and I, look, me and Celsius are not friends, but <laughs> it's like 40, 40 degrees there where here it's 80 
You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. it's like it dropped mm-hmm. really fast. And then I go to. Oh, that's such that's such a key note to make. Yeah. And then I can look at the greenhouse and see like how much warmer it is in the greenhouse. And he's still working on it. And at the time mm-hmm. of working mm-hmm. on it, it's like eight degrees warmer. So mm-hmm. um, and then that being said, it's also cloudy. So he's not getting the sun to go in but it also gets dark up there you know all this other stuff so that being said it's just very interesting to see that and i mean now that people maybe in zone three know that there's somebody doing it maybe they will do it and continue to do it and maybe it'll you know maybe i'll just like the whole four minute mile thing maybe i'll up my game and i'll be growing a damn pineapple up in that billy goat for the rest you know in the future so for me um i'm gonna go ahead and say this about greenhouses it is not about heating it it is about cooling it and then out oh, uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> you you were all sitting up in your chair i thought you were gonna say it i'm gonna run a four minute mile um like i think while i hope to never live in <laughs> zone three God bless, but I hope to never live in zone three. If he can pull this off or get closer in zone three, you know what that says for me in zone six. Like that's the thing, right? Um, I love to be able to see and um, shout out to people that comment that are like, near or in my area um, because I know it means something to have someone that speaks about what they're doing that's close to you. I observe a lot of people that are in North Carolina and I always think about you like, oh, wait, I'm going to share this with Ben because they're doing this because, you know, I'm sure he can too. Um, But I think that you never share any of it with me. What the hell? I always mean to, but it's always like between. It's always between 1 a.m. and 2.30. Like, so you me. and my cousin, I have all kinds of things that I want to share. But it's like, listen, our relationships are clearly platonic. But y'all got wives and I ain't sending no texts. Nope. I ain't sending no DMs. None nope. of that at any of these nighttime hours or early morning hours. So then the next day, I forget about the shit. You know, and so I move on. But anyway, um, being able to see someone in a climate that's colder, the conditions are harsher than yours, absolutely gives us hope when it comes to what we can do in our own climate. Yeah. Um, well, and so. you know, the thing is too, and I mean, we've gone way off topic, but the overwintering part, like my man's the part goal two that we're going to do to this. My man's yeah. goal is to grow greens, not tomatoes. Like yeah. he's, he's walking into it with a realistic goal in mind. Yep. So if you guys want to see kind of what he sent me, go check out backyard gardens podcast or no, damn backyard gardens tv on instagram and then you can go from there whatever you need to do um it's the only person that sent me a picture of a greenhouse dude if you got a greenhouse send it to us i would like to see it we'll share it whatever like i'm all about a greenhouse um so yeah and there's different methods used to heating it so that's very interesting as well but back to the overwintering now that we've digressed or you know taking a detour i don't think for me overwintering other than covering stuff with mulch is something that I want to get into. I've stated in the past that I like the break and each year my break gets shorter and shorter. I mean, hell I got to start my seeds the week of Christmas for the next Mm -hmm. year because I can get some of them out so early. So I don't really get much of a break. So I don't really want to have that in the house because at some point I'm going to have a couple hundred seedlings in my house to take care of. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of my fix. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. Well, I mean, I think the um, I do want to comment on the mulch um, and 
again, it it's very effective and it's a way that I am going to kind of extend my season, a way that I'm going to overwinter. And some of these things for me are not going to, how should I say? Well, I won't go there. We'll come back around to that at some other point in some future episode. Um, there's some things that are cold, hardy that will absolutely benefit from mulch. Uh, most things will like heavy mulch, um, but there are things that are not meant in your zone to be in the ground during the winter. So in some of those cases, the heaviest of mulch, you still are going to have a dead plant at the root. Yeah. So just be look into it before you, you know, get a dumpster of wood chips. Haha, <laughs> I get it. <laughs> um, and I don't like this as a side note. I don't like how you're basically declaring that we don't like wood chips. You did I still that. want to, lo- I still want to love you them. You said it yourself. I still want to love them. We're on a break. Hey, look, I'm trying to figure out if they're going to get their act together and maybe we can coexist. That's not where we are now, but I mean, this thing isn't final. Hey, look, I'm, I'm getting wood chips for my flower beds. Okay. All right. You know what's interesting okay. too? I have no roly polies in my flower beds. They were only in my vegetable garden. WTF? Yeah, they probably they probably enjoy the eats in the vegetable garden more so than the flower beds. Here bed. we go. Or we have a roly poly scientist on are... our hands, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> As I was saying, and it's kind of like you're kind of BSing here, yeah. right? Uh, I mean, I think that was in my tone, right? Or they're there, you just can't see them because the flower bed is so full and lush. No, mine's actually not. So mine is bare. I'm re- remodeling it as we speak. But um, yeah, I like to. So let's say you're going to mulch your and when. Let me say this too. You can also mulch the top and around pots too. You don't even have to move them. Sometimes you can mm-hmm, also do mm-hmm. that. I am going creating, creating insulation is what you're doing. Right. right. I use straw for my. I use straw for everything because I always have a bale of it around. Um, wood mm-hmm. chips is definitely an option. Um, compost is an option, but it wouldn't be very good because you'd have to remove it, and then it's be it'd be very hard to tell where the surface was or anything like that. But um, what else? So leaves, leaves. is a, a mulch, but damn. Uh, Two two notes on that. One, it's a lighter form. It's not as heavy as some of the other right. things you've talked about. Um, and there is this idea of just protecting your soil from the elements. And leaves does a great job at that. You'd really need it because, I mean, think about the the texture, if you will, or the consistency of leaves. They're pretty light, right? So you need a really heavy layer if you're using them for the purpose of overwintering a plant that you want to try to keep alive during the winter. So just, you know. Right. And you can also, instead of shredding them, you could just lay them down thick whole because they wouldn't break down as much, but they would form more of a mat. But, you know, the problem with that is it could stop water from penetrating the soil. So that's something you need to look out for. I've done that part before, the leaving them whole and not for the purpose of overwintering anything in the garden, but again, um, protecting the soil. Nature does that for me. So I just, you know, and I think that's always been a thing. Like I remember as a kid, we'd go out in the spring and you would just brush all the leaves that fell from the fall away and then you'd have all Mm -hmm. these plants coming up. So Mm -hmm. that's also um, a method. But um, look, that's overwintering in a nutshell a very cracked open nutshell um i'm not a fan of it i like to watch my things grow i'm sorry everybody batavia are you a fan of it um i would be if i 
continue. I will be if I continue to see more success. It's just, it's the, in my mind, um, the, it's the return on the investment of time and energy, you right. know, just really isn't there. I am going to make some simple steps like covering some beds, but it really is more about getting a head start on the spring. Um, it's my great desire to be like our buddy in Canada and actually harvest things in January, but I'm not there yet. One day. Yeah. You're just not passionate enough about gardening yet. Clearly not. And on that note, we're <laughs> going to come back with a delicious recipe of the day. A lot of y'all asked, how can you help support the Backyard Gardens podcast? Well, we have been busy and we have created a t-shirt line just for the gardener. To visit our shop, go to the link in the show notes and check out the t-shirts and other goodies we have. Now, these are super special t-shirts designed just for the gardener. So enjoy. Thank you for supporting the Backyard Gardens podcast. And we'll see you guys after the harvest. So I did a YouTube short a couple weeks ago, a month ago, something like that. And I said, at some point I became a radish farmer and I, this was the year for me where I was like, I'm going to grow radishes one more time and I'm going to figure out a better way to eat them because I'm tired of eating them raw. And so I began to cook them. And then somebody said, and so I, on the short, I said, I have a lot of radishes growing I hated them and now I love them once I learned how to cook them. Well, I didn't give any recipes or anything like that. And I think I've given one on here before, but it, it's beneficial for me to just say it again because it's so amazing that um, it just blew my mind because there's this little vegetable that people put into salads and you're like, oh, yay, it's good. I can't even taste it. So what I do is I preheat my oven. Guess what I preheat it to, Batavia? 400. Damn, you don't listen to me. My oven has two oh, temperatures, 425 okay. or 450. That's it. That's okay, all I ever cook in it. Yeah. <laughs> so I take my radishes. If they're small, leave them whole. If they're big, I cut them you know, in half, bite-sized, and I toss them in an, in an oil. So um depends on what you're cooking. If you want basic, use olive oil. If you want to have some kind of Asian flavor, use sesame oil. And then I coat them in salt and pepper. You can add whatever else you would like at this point. Always salt and pepper, though. Um, I've done garlic. I've done onion powder. I've done... Um, I usually add like cayenne pepper to it or something like that. If I had some more of that Dracula pepper powder that I had gotten um, mm -hmm. this summer, I'd put that on there, but it's hot as fire. And then I just roast it for about 15, 20 minutes. Just keep an eye on it until it gets to the um, tenderness that you like. So mm -hmm. um, you want a little bit of crunch, but more importantly, you want them to be brown. And it's a totally different flavor. It's really good. Um and then at the same time while you're doing this, I also will throw in onions, um, Brussels sprouts, and then um, you could throw in some squash or something like that. You know, some a lot of times when we if we bake something in the oven like this, we'll bake a whole bunch of vegetables at once and use that as a meal. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But this is pertains particularly to the radishes. So um, it's a really good way to eat them. It's super simple. And honestly, 
in one season, it took me from radishes are going to be on the chopping block to their forefront in my fall spring gardens. So, yeah. So um, I'm going to give you a pass on a similar recipe that you gave last month. And I'm going to give you the pass because I, too, was like, what the hell with radishes? I'm going to give them another try. It wasn't my final try, but another try. And either I didn't plant them early enough in the spring or fall is really the time for me. I've seen such great success. And I'm so glad that you shared the recipe again because I'd forgotten about it from last month. Yeah. And now I have like a full harvest of radishes. Um, so I'd, I'm definitely going to use that. I'm also going to try next spring to do some um, succession planting to figure out if the timing could be right for spring and radishes or if fall is really my time to shine for my radish farm yeah and let me tell you that i had always grown french breakfast radishes just because that's kind of like what i got and then now i'm growing french breakfast champion and watermelon radishes so i've gone from one and one year i've gone from one variety that's going on the chopping block to never be used again to having three varieties and basically a four by eight bed if I combine them, I'll be about a four by eight bed filled with them and planning to secession. So, and also put them in the greenhouse. Mm So, um, it just totally changed the way I look at it. It's very interesting how that is because I never knew that you could cook radishes. Yeah. Are you, how are your leaves holding up? I have some damage, but a lot of the leaves are healthy and I've been using the green tops as well. Yeah. I don't use the green tops, but you know what? I'm not, I'm not against it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know what? I'll saute green tops now. I haven't harvested there any yet. Is. I just got them in the ground. There's some that are starting. I'm waiting for them to plump up. But when they do, booyah. So. Yeah, I, I told you all last time I actually have a package of radishes that says 25 days. And I actually harvested the radish on the 25th day. Mind blown. Yeah. Like, wait, you said a thing? And it was true. Yeah. I even <laughs> used uh, made space this year and saved seeds from a radish, which was not as productive as I would like. I did not get as many seeds off of one plant as uh, you would really need for radishes. So that was very interesting to me. But I have to go and collect my radish seeds. I have some from the spring that are still out there. Yeah. Um, so good. Interesting re- note about radishes. When you save the seed, they do not bust open and spread the seed themselves. You have to do it so you can leave them out there like you did. Yeah, yeah, they don't self so, um, which actually I think is a, a good thing because I'd like to be able to turn that bed into something completely different and not just have radishes pop up. Yeah. Um, quick note, because we're now trying to convince you to take the radish leap. Um, heat equals radishes often bolting, and then also heat contributes to the spicy flavor that some people don't like. The peppery flavor, but not if, spicy. If you roast them, the peppery flavor is definitely doable. Not good in a salad, mm-hmm. but roasted, it makes it amazing. Yep. So, I feel like all vegetables at one point or another should see their time, you know, at 450 in your oven, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> but see their time on a pan and be roasted. Right. So, there's that. Simple recipe. Um, if anybody ever asked you, this is what I said, told the person on YouTube. Uh, coat and oil, season the way you like, and roast. That was all I said, mm-hmm. you know. And mm-hmm. I think everybody kind of gets the idea. Like, I don't need to tell you how to roast, so. Yeah. Stay near the oven, though, because most of those radishes are small. You don't want to get too far. Don't don't cook these from the, the, the couch like Shit. I normally do. Go get you some binoculars <laughs> and just wait for the smoke. <laughs> wait for the smoke. <laughs> you have a couple of sacrificial radishes in there. You cut smaller. Hey, look, it it's is, like when those start smoking. It is you know? what it is. 
So everybody, I hope that you have taken something out of this and decided how or if or when you want to overwinter. Um, you know, one thing I'm going to overwinter is myself. I'm going to stay warm so I can grow big and strong next year. But, um, you know, if you feel so inclined, please think about becoming a patron. It really helps us out. Um, buying a t-shirt will also help us out and Amazon link below for our shop to tell you all the products that we use and recommend all of that stuff helps us keep the show going so we can focus and make more content for you. And on that note, stay safe, be strong. Don't let the cold get you down, get yourself a hot cup of tea and just start planning. And until next time. See ya. Thanks for hanging out with us today. If you want to see what we're up to or just stay up to date on all the announcements regarding the show or anything gardening, then you can follow us on Instagram at Backyard Gardens TV. We love seeing what you guys are doing. So use hashtag BYG podcast in your post and we'll be sharing your gardens with the Backyard Gardens community. And check us out on YouTube at Backyard Gardens where we will post this show, all of our other shows, clips, and then also some gardening tips and just gardening entertainment. And you can see us at our website at BackyardGardensTV.com. But that's it for today's show. So help us as we learn to grow and grow for change. And until next time, we'll catch you guys later. We'll call this one a wrap. Now you know why people feel like celebrating at harvest time. All over the world, people have feasting and good times when the crops have been gathered in.